Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this week's instalment of the Left on Red podcast. Our first taste of defeat whilst we've been doing this, but hopefully this episode will cheer you up after our 10 game unbeaten run has come to an end. Okay, so it was another one of those away days where only I was in attendance. Harold was, don't know what you were doing. It was my grandfather's 90th birthday. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, it's an acceptable excuse, isn't it? Yeah, fair excuse. And it wasn't a bad one to miss, to be fair. Not particularly, no. Although I, I actually haven't done Anfield before, so it was I, I have done Anfield. For me. me and my dad went up to Anfield a couple of seasons ago when we drew 5-5 and lost 10-9 or whatever it was on penalties yeah. and that was a pretty amazing trip up and trip back down yeah. it was crazy 24 hours up in Liverpool so I can only imagine that your experience of the weekend was fun up to the game at least yeah it was decent I mean it was sort of a bit of an in and out job because I, I've like experienced Liverpool before I've been to a couple oh, of fans. Everton games so we left like 10.30 or something and got there about 4.45 parked up on some slab of grass <laughs> Lath just like drove up onto a, like enough. a curbside that had yeah, some yeah, grass yeah. on it parked there. Was it in the park? Can't remember what it's called that no, connects no, Goodison Stanley and Anfield. No, 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 not in Stanley Park. Only the journalist gets parked there. And oh, Lath, really? Lath was doing it as a fan today. Oh, so it's uh, a privilege. On, I mean, on Saturday, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we walked down from the car, got in. Wasn't too bad. I've never seen so many stewards hate so many people. Really? Like, the, the the Scouser stewards were not fans of the Londoners. That doesn't replicate my experience. There was a guy called Vladimir, oh. who was the steward just in front of the Arsenal end. Was he a Scouser, Cup game. No, when Arsenal scored, he, he, I was quite near the front. Yeah. And we all quite obviously saw him give a little fist bump oh, in his gone. pocket. So he's, so he's, he's, a, he's a gooner living in Scousland. Oh, and right. um, then the Arsenal fans started singing, Vladimir, Vladimir, Vladimir. Love a bit of Vladimir. Yeah, he's a good chap. Good little man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was amazing to see the stadium. It's an amazing ground. And it's, you know, fantastic to see it on the walk-up and under the lights in the rain. When they turn the volume up, yeah, yeah. it's a bit daunting. Yeah. I mean, the You'll Never Walk Alone was great. Did um, you get goosebumps? No, I didn't, because we sort of managed to drown it out quite a bit with the Saka and Emerson's really? row chance. Yeah. I couldn't really <laughs> hear it that way. Those two alone, just massive. Yeah. Bigger than a whole football club. So that was quite good. But apart from that, it was... A lot quieter than I thought it would be. The atmosphere wasn't that great. I think they'd been subdued by our first sort of 30, 35 minutes. So what all the pundits are saying about the little scrap between Arteta and The Klopp, scrap did, did kick that, it did off. Did that actually fuse the, the, the energy? The scrap did kick it off, but it more kicked it off for the Arsenal fans, to be honest. Really? Liverpool fans weren't really that up for it after that. They weren't that loud until they scored their first. Right. Okay. The Arsenal fans got properly into it after yeah. they saw Mikel like, being held back. It was a proper... But like, they loved it. Hold me back, yeah. hold me back. Yeah. Um, you got Airpod Albert giving yeah, the big as Airpod well. Albert was straight up in there but yeah that was quite good and then they did turn it up after the goal I quite enjoyed seeing BTEP Klopp on the sidelines yeah, just yeah, like yeah. calm down yeah, calm he's down. calming everyone yeah. down but yeah so it sort of turned up after that and then half time actually there were there were quite a lot of nerves around Anfield like you could probably sense that going back out into the second half well, the, I was the game extremely wasn't frustrated by the fact that we got done by a set piece when our set pieces had been so good yeah. A the, the body position of Gabriel and in that. Ramsdale probably should have saved it. I disagree. I think when you head, you get taught from a young age when you head the ball down, Obviously, coming at that speed to yeah, deal it with it, it's, it's, it's not but an easy he, one. He 
sort of let it bounce because he wanted to try and claw it away. If you watch it back, he saw it go onto the floor, let it go onto the floor because he wanted to like push it away. Whereas he could have got a hand on it before it hit the ground. Or dive downwards rather than yeah. dive side. I, I, th I, think I think he'll big he'll tell you that he should have saved it. I don't think it's a, it's one where you can when you can no no about not, it. I think I think it's I think Marnie's done everything it was just right. A, it was a frustrating and the quality of delivery from Trent. Yeah, and you always head the ball down when it's coming in at that speed and that angle to then head the ball away. Yeah, it means it's going to bounce up with yeah, a lot back of power and came and backspin. Yeah. So I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't think it's a massive cause. No, of, no, of, definitely not. However, um, I was I was also so I was frustrated. It was a set piece that we we went one 0 down because it was just before the break. But also that almost they didn't score from their four or five really clear cut, not clear cut, but well constructed chances that they had yeah. in the first half. Ramsdale, you know, if it wasn't for Ramsdale, it could have been six or seven overall. Yeah. He made some but then fantastic also in the second half. Saves. You know, if we'd have held on for a bit longer, I think the game might have been a bit different. And especially conceding from a well, you never mistake know. like that. Yeah, of course. But yeah, and then sort of in the last twenty minutes when they started to play out of their skin, uh, the noise was unbelievable. The LA LA LAs. That, that kind of turns into party atmosphere when you've yeah. got the comfort of knowing that you've got the. But it all sort of secured. bounces around and it creates like a really daunting. You do feel drowned out a bit. Yeah, like I was I was thinking about uh, like Lukonga had the ball and whatever, and he kept losing it. But I was thinking about imagine like having the ball in that kind of atmosphere against you is like. So why when you so see daunting. Chelsea and Man City go, especially Man City to Anfield this season, yeah, yeah, and players like Jorginho for Chelsea, but you know Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Foden, yeah, play the just, way they just play touching and like... absolutely taking the sting out of Liverpool's yeah. press. It, you appreciate how good they really are and when the Arsenal go and then quiet. get drowned out. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. It was definitely one that's been on the football bucket list for a while. And a continuum of, of unity across the Arsenal fans come full time? Yeah, I think no one was that disheartened by the result. I think sure. people expected to go there and lose. Uh, the collapse in the last 15-20 was obviously frustrating, but we could see that Liverpool had played out their skin. But no sort of moronic comments about Arteta and no, stuff like not that? not in the away crowd at all. There, are, there have obviously been ones on Twitter, but most of the um, away crowd stayed to the end, clapped everyone off, clapped Arteta off. I think that the frustration, for, from my perspective, doesn't lie with commitment or the attitudes, which no. has been questioned in the past in yeah. these type of games. However, it, it lies a little bit in the tactical setup. And I didn't think it was. A, I didn't think it was a case of being tactically beaten. I thought it was a case of we got beaten by a team that's miles better than us. I know. I think that. we beat ourselves in the way we set up, which we'll, we'll dive into in a minute. But I just think the sort of going with, with such a negative. It was a really flat 4-4-2. Yeah. Basically, and you know how good Liverpool are, which brings yeah. in the, your, your point about we just got beat by a better team. You you know how good they are, so you're inviting it to become an attack versus defence low yeah. block with the only chance of you creating something through a counter-attack, which you saw glimpses of yeah, in the first half at least. But yeah, I think I didn't feel any of the same frustration that people felt after City. Obviously disappointed, but not frustrated and angry in the same way. So I think there was some attitude and application and yeah. for half an hour we, we, we made and it also, very difficult. We were, we were in the game at half time which exactly. we rarely are at Anfield exactly so there's so there. I think there was there was improvement on the pitch but not in the scoreline that's how I'd put it I think there was improvement in, in the mindset not in the end product of what we tried to deliver if that yeah, makes sense I guess and then yeah drive back was a bit depressing Leith had the same Rolling Stones CD on the whole time really? as well <laughs> so it was just like Gimme Shelter and some other song just over and over, over again because the rest of them were all jumping because he'd burnt the CD badly <laughs> fair enough Enough. But yeah, got got home at about two thirty. Quite deflated by that point, but not by the result, more by the length of the day. Yeah, fair enough. 
Okay, so we've got Harry's tactical section for the day now. He was trying to hold it back in that section, but couldn't really. You know I find it hard to resist. It's true, yeah. But, you know. Eh. What, in terms of our performance? Eh. Yeah, well, I thought so. And tactics. I, thought, I, I, I agree. Eh. I think it was all a bit meh. Well, I didn't... I, I, it was a bit meh. But, as I saw oh, someone saying on Twitter, if, you know, you're 2-0 down against Liverpool, either you sit back and you try and take it on the chin and try and keep it to a minimum, or you lose trying to play the way that you want to Or you try and show a bit of spirit and then start becoming expansive well, and then just get hit with all the spaces that you, you leave behind. You lose playing the way that you want to play rather than lose trying, trying to, to constrain damage them. limitation. Right, I see. And that actually links really nicely into the ending of this of this section. So let's let's get it started. I'm going to do it slightly opposite today. I'm going to start with Liverpool because I think it's going to lead nicely into Arsenal. Right. So Liverpool played in their usual 4-3-3. In attack, they always play with five across the front and then the three midfielders stay and the two centre-backs stay. They've done that for years. It was slightly different though today um, due to numerous midfield injuries. So the Ox and Thiago haven't actually, they were playing as their 2 3 8 We keep saying the game was today. It was on Saturday. Feels like it was today. I know. Still feel the pain. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, so they had the Ox. The Ox was a bit of a shock actually yeah the Ox and Thiago haven't really been in the squad that I think the Ox have played a few games recently but yeah. generally the pair of them haven't been seeing much game time from Klopp mm. but they you know they had Cater, Jones Elliot, and uh, Henderson all out of injury Yeah. so their midfield setup was slightly different so when building out from the back usually it's just Fabinho as a six but in this game Thiago dropped and formed a double pivot with Fabinho yeah. when they tried to build out and then the Ox stayed in the same position he would have been in anyway so the right number eight position Yeah. and what that left was Jota in, re- in replacement of Firmino dropping in as a false nine which I was surprised that he stuck with that tactic but it yeah. worked with this setup. Yeah. so Firmino dropped sorry Jota dropped in to become a false nine and both inside forwards as they always do sort of invert running beyond mm. and then the full backs hold the whip so what's his name I was going to say Sissipas the tennis player Simicas Simicas yeah. you like a bit of Sissipas I do like you? a bit of Sissipas yeah um, and then obviously Trent was, was holding the whip from the right hand side sometimes Mane then played as the nine yeah. and Jota played on the left wing or played in the left half space which was left vacant by Thiago who was dropping deeper so you had this different midfield rotation that we weren't really mm. anticipating so much one of the main issues I found is just that Fabinho is really good he's except he's exceptional like, I think that was one of our main problems is that he was just his passing range his, his ball um, retention his he ball just recovery sweeps. he does he's also one of those players that can run 100 metres in like three strides yeah he's so he's got long yeah. dangly legs doesn't he anyhow so I thought this sort of made it a little bit difficult for us to, to manage what we, how we wanted to progress through midfield I didn't think it really affected our defensive block no. but I thought when we tried to progress through midfield we just didn't quite know yeah. what patterns to use because it wasn't what we were expecting so I thought that was clever from Klopp it caught us off guard a little bit the other thing I wanted to mention in relation to Liverpool is they've done something different for the majority of this season and then didn't do it so again another tactical inclusion to, to catch Arteta out and Arsenal out yeah so for much of the season they changed their triangular rotation between Salah, Trent and whoever the right number 8 is yeah on the right hand side of the pitch so that Trent comes inside and then Henderson or whoever the right 8 goes onto the right wing and Salah yeah. still comes into the forward position the right forward position basically basically to try and get Trent in more 
more creative spaces. Yeah. But they didn't do that in this game, which again caught us off guard. Although I was wondering if it was sort of a last minute switch or whether it was an analyzed switch by clock watching us in our 442, because we talked a lot on this podcast about how in this 442, whenever we're in a mid block, it was a low block against Liverpool, let's get that right. But whenever we sit in a block, we stop central penetration quite a lot because of how good our spaces are between the back four, yeah. midfield four and the front two with Lacazette sort of dropping in a little bit deeper. So that leaves the space out wide, which has worked really well against teams of the back five. But when you're leaving Trent the space, yeah. so basically they use Trent's wide delivery rather than midfield yeah. angles. And also I thought maybe they were preparing for Tierney to, to play, I'm not really sure, but I felt that Salah sat on Nuno a lot more than he usually does on the, or on his left back that he's up against. Yeah. He sort of pinned himself to him and would just take the ball and try and get him one-on-one rather than coming inside as much as he did, does or dropping into that well, well, maybe, right at the front. Maybe because they wanted to trend deeper and wider rather than higher and wider, which they usually find well, it created inside. much more space for Trent because Nuno was being occupied exactly. by Salah so and I think there was just dropped There in. was definitely a, an analysis of, of Arsenal in the last few weeks where yeah. we found, okay, we can't go through the midfield, but we've got so much quality out wide. So they've adjusted what they've been doing this season. Yeah. And actually Trent stayed wider, Ox stayed in midfield, he didn't really go out wide that much. And Salah was just staying wide and running across. So Salah had a really basic job. Yeah. And we saw quite a few times, we saw with Trent's assist for Minamino for the fourth goal where he oh, was yeah, wide with an assist yeah. and he whipped a lot of balls in the first half which were dangerous from wide rather than from inside the pitch. Yeah. So you could see that was clearly something they were working on. Now let's get on to, get on to us. So we were playing the 4-4-2. There's really not too much to say. I mean, we, we basically... I did think, just to say, I did think it was more of a 4-2-3-1 than a 4-4-2. We set up we, we set up with the same team obviously that we've been playing but I think Lacazette was in a lot deeper than he usually is. In, in, in possession it was it was, the, it was the same. Lacazette was dropping into the right half space and Aubameyang was peeling on the left shoulder so they were like a slanted forward to asymmetrical a, yeah pretty much but I mean for the majority of the game it was a bank of four a bank of four and then one so you, I, I would say maybe more of a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one, yeah. when we were sitting deep yeah. Aubameyang didn't really come back and track back as much as he did away at Leicester for example no, which yeah. surprised me a bit because why Yeah. Um, that, that was clearly something Arteta had asked though, and perhaps on the counter yeah. which leads on to what I was going to say it was effectively attack versus defence we were in a low block two banks of four Liverpool were just penned in our half for the majority of the game and then the only threat we looked like having was, was on the counter attack and that was owned to, to create an even lower percentile of opportunity for us to create something that was only down the right half of the pitch yeah. because Lacazette was dropping into sort of the right number eight position sometimes actually quite central down the pitch Yeah. but it was mainly Lacazette and Saka on the right side of the pitch combining with Tomiyasu joining as a third runner and you saw that Tomiyasu you saw that when Lacazette picked up the ball at one point gave it to Saka played a one-two Saka got himself in the box Lacazette plays out wide to Tomiyasu who's made a third man run down the right of the pitch whips in across where Saka's gone into the box and then the Ox has just nicked it away at the last minute that was yeah. one of our best moves and that's an example of we counterattacked, and it was on that right half of this pitch. On the yeah. left half of the pitch, I felt like there, we, wasn't, there wasn't anything. A, because our left striker, Aubameyang, wasn't tactically asked to... No. Not that he could anyway. Yeah. But he wasn't tactically asked to drop in and link play up. And therefore, we didn't have a central um, link in there because Smith Rowe didn't come inside either because I think we were too rigid in our 4-4-2. But which I've... may have been to try and stop Trent on that right side like we were talking about because mm. we knew that... Maybe we didn't know, but maybe Arteta had an inkling that they'd try and utilise Trent a bit wider than 
usual and he didn't yeah. take that risk of Smith Rowe coming inside yeah. but I think in terms of those attacks coming down the right hand side I think what really hindered us was Saka having a really poor game you think Saka had a poor game really poor what in possession I, ev- I think everyone in that crowd but and most people that I've spoken to in possession really poor game I thought he had so many chances to create chances if that makes sense and that could have been done so much better if Saka had been better on the ball I mean I can remember I think there one so time many, where there were so many uh, instances where he could have put crosses into the box or driven it low across the floor and there was just slow decision you took it in the final third yeah because I thought in the build up play it was just him and Lacazette were the only two I thought it was quite good in the build up play getting us into the final third yeah yeah I do agree that in the final third a few times he got to the point where he could have dribbled or put a cross in yeah. or taken a shot and there were a few times to be it was honest which slow I decision making. where there was slow decision making but I also thought part. it was the presence of Van Dijk yeah. he got close to Van Dijk scared. and thought if I try to go round him yeah. he's got me but if I take a shot it's blocked if I put a cross in it has to be perfect and then that, there's that hesitation yeah. and then bam that moment's over type yeah. thing Yeah, it was more just sort of before they scored when we were having a couple of ventures there was just slow decision making I agree in the final third yeah. maybe in the crowd that been felt, emphasized I felt that was a frustration I didn't really pick up on it massively I, I, it kind of felt normal there were a, a couple of times where we come one on one against Van Dijk but... it was just where we but so sometimes it was against Matip as well and there were a couple of times where we won corners and it just like they were corners that came out of Saka just being a little bit indecisive yeah no fair enough and I did gather that I just didn't think it was that catastrophic but mm. because, because I thought he was the only one him and Lacazette were the only ones getting off to that point yeah yeah um, just before we go into sort of a few tweaks that were made in the second half from us which led to them going rampant mm. throughout the match it was a constant that when we pressed Aubameyang who was the left striker and Saka who was the left winger were pressing the two centre-backs and yeah. Lacazette dropped deep so it was like a, a, a triangle if you like Lacazette the deepest and those two high yeah. and then you'd have one of our double pivots press onto Thiago who tried to form a double pivot Yeah. this I was something press, that I think go on I thought our press was a bit half-hearted though and I think when you do a half-hearted press against Liverpool because they're so good on the ball and also because they've got such quick players to take it forward if you're being half-hearted in the press you're then finished. your they players you. just get yeah. killed with one ball yeah they kill you whereas I, 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 I'm saying I think that was a, what, what I've just said about Bamiang, Saka and Lacazette deep from Fabinho and then one of the pivots probably it would have been Partey I think it was Partey on Thiago who formed the double pivot when they tried to play out yeah. I think that was something that Arteta probably communicated onto the pitch within 10 minutes yeah. because of what he'd noticed about their midfield function which we started this section with yeah. so, hence why I started this section with that because I think that we sort of didn't know what to do we made that up within the game potentially and then you've you've then left Lokonga on, on the ox and whatnot and then yeah. you've got this big space which Jota Romane's in on the left side of the pitch yeah. and I think that that actually allowed Liverpool to play quite nicely and comfortably mm. around us and then find themselves in dangerous channels I thought our spacing was a lot worse than it usually was though I thought the gap between the midfield and the defence was too big in the second half were, not in the were, first half in the first half in the first half there were quite a lot of passes that either Matip or Fabinho or Van Dijk were being able to play into Jota or the Ox that just beat the midfield and they could turn Yeah, and there were quite a few times where we gave away silly free kick uh, for example that one that gave away the goal what a Bamiang's one yeah just oh, that stupid was, that was just that, but that, that was, but that was the, it's, it's resulting from a pass that beats the midfield yes. and then people have to come yeah, back no, in you're and right. nip in from behind I, I thought that in the low block for the first half and now they're quite generally we stopped them playing in the middle generally it was quite yeah outlined. but there were still instances yeah, where yeah, that was happening Liverpool are a good team and no, it's it's gonna, they're going to break lines yeah yeah And then in the second half, we basically went gun ho after going to tuna down, I thought. And everyone pressed a bit higher. We tried to commit more men forward. And then you then suddenly lost the ball. Yeah. And then what happens 
actually two or three times and it led to one of the goals yeah. was Partey jumped five yards too high yeah. got skipped through yeah. the ball went through him Ben White's gone high to try and make up for it and then, skipped through him because they're good players and then Tommy Asu's joined to try and press in and, and bang Mane, Mane's in yeah. which is exactly what and happened he was really for, effective in that game well yeah but it's, it's exactly what happened for the Salah goal yeah. where I think Partey loses the ball Ben White tries to win it Tomiyasu in a half-hearted uh, he got caught out quite attempt a to try half. and to try and recover like the backline's position. He's sort of taken half a step forward before you know, through ball into Mane, yeah. sweaty across goal to Salah, three That's, nil or whatever it was. Well, one of the reasons really simple. why I wasn't so disheartened about it is because when you're two 0 down at Anfield, I'm always going to want them to chase the game. I want them to think they can get something out of it. But when you're chasing the game at Anfield, you're always liable to that happening. And I think I'd have much rather them chasing the game rather than just sticking with the original tactic sitting in a low block and just letting them come onto them because one maybe that, it could have been three or four as well but two you're showing no intent no uh, I do agree with that Okay, so given that it was a 4-0 defeat, I'm going to switch around the player ratings a little bit. For Harry, I'm going to ask him our best player and our worst three players. So our best player, as he's been numerous times this season, was Aaron Ramsdale. If it wasn't for him, could have been five or six or seven even. Shout out to Gabriel. Apart from the, the fact that Marnik, the header goal. Was yeah, the header else. goal. But apart from that, Colossus. Yeah, he was good for the rest of the game. It's just a shame he made that mistake. Yeah. Bottom three. Well, no, I just wanted to say something on Ramsdale first. Oh, so, if any of you guys have watched me play football before, you know that one of my favourite moves... Who's going to have watched you play you, football? A few of our listeners probably are, mates, that listen in. Maybe. Anyway, the point is, I idolise Iniesta. and he I call it like Iniesta. I call it the Iniesta double touch. Spanish commentators have called it happy feet or la yeah. croqueta. It's basically when you shuffle the ball from one foot to the other and push it forward as you shimmy past the player. Oh, Emil. Now, did that, didn't he? No, no, no. He did do that down the li- down the wing and get clamped. Yeah. There was a moment in this game where, on the floor with Marnie's studs going into him, Aaron Ramsdale has done the Iniesta double touch with his hands. Oh yeah, He's yeah, yeah. Bang, bang. Yeah. And that's it's all pure improvisation. It's just, it's, it was enjoyable. It was good. You can't, you can't teach that. You cannot teach that. That's just pure that. genius. This man is, is unreal. He's Anyhow, so let's get into the bottom three. And also, I did love his interview after the game where he just it said no one's going to yeah, be yeah. moping around. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He speaks really well. Bottom three. Third worst, I'll go for Aubameyang because he wasn't really involved. He didn't, for some reason, he and didn't. And obviously, we've got an Aubameyang agenda. Uh, well, I just speak what I think. <laughs> and... Which you know, is incidentally an Aubameyang agenda. Well, if he decides to, you know, <coughs> improve... <laughs> Drop in, a stinker. <laughs> if he decides to improve in his all-round game, then all right. I'll have lots of love for him. I think he's a really nice guy, if that helps. <laughs> That's good. I think he probably gets on and he's quite a good captain in the sense that he inspires the younger generation and stuff. All right, fine. I just don't think he's very good at football. Okay, so Anyhow. third worst Aubameyang. The second worst was, and that well, he wasn't particularly awful, but I just I don't want to slay anybody like okay. Saka, for example, who I thought was actually okay in parts and not right. okay in other parts. Because I think generally it wasn't a great performance. No. Second worst, we're gonna go Lokonga. Oh, he had a smelly second half, didn't he? He, he just he couldn't cope with the intensity of their no. press. But as I as I said, playing central midfield at Anfield against Liverpool when they're coming is at a you, tough job. like 
with rapid intensity. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, the end of the world. He'll, he'll learn Something to deal with that in the future. From, yeah. The worst was Tavares, and I'm going to go into him a little bit in this because he it's, got found it's, out a little bit. It, it's something that we've, we've been anticipating was a weakness in his game, was yeah. being able to control and pass the ball in tight, really tight areas. Yeah. He's been immense in what he's really good at in the last few weeks, so that's yeah. covered it up. But he's been found out a little bit, in that, and now we kind of know, right, get Tierney back in, let this yeah. guy... Slowly yeah, develop as a number two is again. Raw, because he is really raw and has unreal that. attributes. Yeah. But I keep on saying this guy needs to learn how to play at multiple paces because when you go at 100% yeah. without any ability to stop, and with Liverpool's press, yeah. you suddenly then don't have a picture of the pitch. His, his qualities just need refining a little bit. Exactly, that's exactly it. So we've gone into him a little bit, but yeah. let's move onwards. He, he's going to be great for us in the future. And then just quickly, Liverpool's best player? I thought Trent. Yeah, it's got to be Trent. Dad thought Mane and Gary Neville thought Salah or whoever it was on commentary thought Salah. Yeah. I don't know how they're giving it to Salah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loved, I always think Trent's yeah. their best yeah. player. He's good. M- Mane was, was brilliant. He was intense and he fought like a little Right, so it's time for whatever happened to. I've rushed it a bit this week because me and Harry have had quite hectic work schedules. I'm now working at Crystal Palace, you know, selling tickets, whatever. So, I've just found a player. His name is Yehad Muntasa. What's a name? Really good name. Unbelievable. Right. <clears throat> and so, yeah, his granddad was Libya's first ever prime minister. He made his Arsenal debut against Birmingham. And he's only ever played one minute for us. Sure. So, he made his debut against Birmingham. But he managed to actually stay on the pitch against Birmingham longer than the other debutant, who was Jason Crow, who came on at the start of extra time and got sent off after 33 seconds. So you had Montasa lasted a minute, Jason Crow lasted 33 seconds. That was the only minute he ever played for Arsenal. He had one touch for us. And then I was just looking him up after that. He's now 43. He's Libyan, by the way. Sure. And after Arsenal, he went on to Bristol City, sure. who he didn't manage to have a touch for. Right. So Did he play any minutes? Nope. Just sitting there chilling? Yeah, nothing. So he left there in 1999, then went to Empoli, where he made 41 appearances and scored 22 goals. So not too so bad, So maybe actually. the slower pace of Syria helped him out a bit. Yeah, and then he went to a load of random clubs that I, I can't really pronounce. Let me try and pronounce them. You've got Vitebese, Catania, L'Aquila... Triestina, Perugia, Treviso, Alwakra, Al Itihad Trepoli. It's not that hard to pronounce, mate. See, the issue with this is that, yes, Harry's just pronounced them, but what he's done is he has no clue how they're pronounced. He's just <laughs> then said them with confidence and has then come back to me and told me it's not that hard to pronounce. So you might have absolutely butchered them and we'd have no clue. I just think that I've got them all unbelievably right with a flow that you couldn't have even okay. well, ever you, imagined you, coming with. You dub yourself as quite continental, don't you? Well, I'm, you know, half Cypriot, if that means anyone to anything. anything. <laughs> Idiot boy. <laughs> We've just both made ourselves... Well, I don't know why I've gone poor, have we? Made ourselves. Made ourselves. And... But anyway, this guy is now currently a football consultant for Al Ali Dubai. But anyway, I thought his career was quite interesting, and he also well, he founded a talent show called The Victorious that oh, really? aims to discover the hidden talents in football among the Arab youths. 
Oh, that's quite nice of him. I respect that. Yeah. Must have been the best minute of his life putting on the, the tenon. Maybe, yeah. If he just got brought off straight away. Maybe he's resentful of it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. Regrets not getting his chance. Yeah. 22 goals. Who would be the manager when he was in charge? When what he years was, was that again? 1997, so Arsene. No, or the geezer that was in between um, no, George Ars- Graham and Arsene. Or was it 96, 97 season? Arsene came in 96. Yeah, okay, it was Arsene then. Yeah. Right, so we're back with a new section of the quiz. Clean slate for both of us, one section each. And the first question I'm going to be asking Lowell this week is, who was our last player to score against Liverpool? And if it helps, he scored our last two goals against Liverpool. Our last two? Mm, In different games. Are you so sure? if, even if you're thinking of the wrong game, you're likely to get it right. Are you sure? Hundred percent. How how sure? As sure as you can be. All right. Okay, I'm going for him. Sure thing. Second question: How many goal contributions oh. did Arsenal players make for England in the previous international break? Right. So Saka's. And there's there's an answer. But there's an incorrect answer which I'll allow if you give the right reasoning. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For England? Mm-hmm. Just oh. for England. Right, Don't need the names, just need the number of goal contributions. Right, sweet, 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 sweet. Who are Arsenal's three goal scorers in the 4-4 draw against Newcastle? That's a slightly harder question of this week, but we always have a... Three, okay. Alright. Got it? Let's go. You've done exceptionally well this week, I can see First question, who was our last player to score against Liverpool? Backer. Tick. How many goal contributions did England players make? Four. See, it was three. No, four. It was three. Four. It was three, but Saka's own goal. If yeah, it's an assist. It four, that's not an assist. Yes, it is. No, well, it's not. It is. It, it's not. On fantasy football, it would count as an assist. Yeah, but fantasy football has the word fancy in no, it. No, it's an assist. It's I'm not. having four. Yes, it is. Well, it's not. What well, Would the goal have happened without Saka? What was no, the last thing to happen but before? What's the, but what is an assist? Who touch? So, okay. So let's say it's an own goal, right? Sure. If Saka puts in a cross and then someone banks it into their own net, yeah. is that not an assist? No. In the laws of football, that's not an assist. Okay. It's just an own goal. No, that's an assist. But it's not. It is. It's not. Can, can you allow me that? Because that it's is not, an assist. I mean, you're going to get the next one correct. I can already see. Yeah, because so here's, I'm a here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking 2-1. You take two points, I take one. Oh, well, that is scandalous, but what? sure. Guys, no, it's scandalous. give us feedback. That is not an assist. That's like saying so Ramsdale kick. That's like saying, that's like counting a pre-assist. No, you're telling me that someone gets down the byline, unbelievable work, <laughs> cut, cut it back. Was it good work? Yeah, unbelievable work. <laughs> cut it back. Lacazette's ready there, pouncing, waiting to pounce and put yeah. it in. But someone spanks it into the own goal before. That is an assist. Unfortunately, it's not an assist. It is because it's it's no, not it's no, not past the no that scored wrong, a goal. Wrong, wrong. You are unbelievably wrong. All right, go on. And then Newcastle. Yeah, Walcott, Giroud, and Van Persie. Which yeah, that's what I put. You, RVP, you've done well to get Johan Giroud and Walcott. Right, so you'll take a two-one lead going into. I'll next take week. a two-one, but that's scandalous. It's, it's scandalous for you to even suggest. I was going to give it to you out of sympathy if you didn't get any other points. You're an awful but, man. You know, things have to be done. No, nope, you're an guys. awful man. We bye. have to get things right. No, nope, bye. <laughs> right, so quick little PL roundup to round off the session because I am starving and want a Nando's. Yeah, chicken Nando's can't harm anyone. No, it can't. 
Right, so City game, unreal. They bopped Everton yeah. off the park. Watch the first half of the Spurs Leeds game at Spurs work. Spurs are so bad. They're so bad. I mean, I don't know what happened in the second half. Still haven't seen the goals, but Leeds Spurs, absolutely popped them in the first Spurs half. Spurs just got a bit of momentum Did and they? scored a couple of shit goals. Just one of them sort of yeah. emotional home game yeah, things yeah. where you get two over the line. But Fair enough. Chelsea, They're not looking good, though. Yeah, Chelsea, the Spurs were shit. Chelsea battered Leicester and looked so good. They look unbelievable. They look Can so I just say, good. anybody that doesn't rate Jorginho, Oh yeah, this guy just just he's just the hub of their team. He yeah. links everything. He was really good. Kante scored a screamer, oh, turned into yeah. Messi for a moment. Reese James is a joke. Yeah, so Chilwell. Yeah. They just got everything going right. It's quite um, impressive, Hudson Odoi as well. Yeah, Villa sort of lucky win right at the end. We've got Gerard. some mental three threes. I've never thought. Yeah, three three Burnley Palace. I mean, Cornet th- scored an absolute smack. Yeah, who told him he could perform like Van Persie? For yeah, that? I know. And no one who, who gave knows? him the right to do that. What a, bloke. What a player! He's then, banging in goals left, right, and centre, isn't he? Newcastle. By the way, who who would have thought you'd ever say Burnley score three home goals? I know. Or concede three I'm home real. goals? I'm real. It's what Patty V does. What a moment! Uh, Newcastle three, Brentford three. That bodes well for us next week. Eddie Howe managing from his hotel room, which he probably will be, be on Saturday. Nope. That that's a must three points considering have they're sort of in transition. They're bottom of the league. Have yeah. to win. Uh, Watford turned it around against Southampton. That was a bit of manager bounce. Norwich, sorry, mean? Norwich. Yeah, uh, and then Wolves beat West Ham, which is a bit of a shock result. Jimenez is looking really good again. I like that man. Yeah, yeah. So do I. And then Watford ruined it for everyone and went too far and beat United. And now he's gone. The wheel's fallen off. Absolute bullshit. Why have they had to take it that far? Two one. I know. Do you know what? Because we're we're both going down to Manchester, so there's going to be some good stuff coming for uh, the podcast and stuff up to Manchester. Yes for the away game at Old Trafford and the thing I was actually really looking forward to is when we beat them which I'm not sure we will now because new manager bounce and all yeah. was all the Arsenal fans because they make the away end yeah stadium. the Ollie's at the wheel the Ollie, Ollie's at the wheel chant I, was I liked, forward to I liked uh, hearing City chant Ollie's on the doll <laughs> <laughs> but also one of my favourite moments at Anfield was uh, both Arsenal fat, Arsenal and Liverpool fans singing, singing Ollie's, Ollie's, at, the Ollie's at the wheel yeah it's class just before we end this episode what do we think of Michael Carrick taking over the reins and sort of the suggestions in in the news that United are just going to go for an interim manager until the end of the season? Well, I just don't really know. If you're going for an interim manager until the end of the season, why have you sacked Solskjaer? Because surely Solskjaer, Carrick and Darren Fletcher sure. were all managing together. So if you're going to get rid of Ole... The standard was interim manager standard anyways. Okay, thank you for listening to today's episode sorry that a couple of the sections were a little bit rushed well mainly the whatever happened to section yes but anyway i hope it was an enjoyable episode even though it's the first episode we've done after a loss and we'll be back next week to discuss hopefully three points against newcastle and the start of a new mini run of undefeated games yeah take care guys (laughs) 